Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Welcome to the 590 High School Sports Show. Here's your host, powered by Texas Podcast Media, Craig Irwin, Toby Tolis, and Trent Hart. And good evening. Welcome to the 590 Sports Show. Craig Irwin, Trent Hart in here, and uh, Toby, kind of a a lost cause this week is uh he's been we tried to record monday night and was unable to so uh now we're in the studio on tuesday it's, it's going to be a spectacular show though well what i was about to say is that you know toby might have been a lost cause but the the show itself was almost a lost cause because you and i kept dicking around with with audio and, and and software and technical stuff that people that are listening to us now don't really care about at all they're just wanting to get into it no that's exactly right they're wanting to get into it want to talk about high school football want to listen to about high school football and uh man you back up to week 10 and gosh dang we had some good games in the area overall we get, yeah we had a lot of a lot of good games a lot of surprises this week yeah um, i mean we're gonna go some of uh, some of these scores and some of these uh, kind of some upsets, especially whenever we get into the the three A level, where you and I have talked most of the weekend about that. Uh, neither you or I was expecting. No, we weren't expecting it whatsoever. Not only at the three A level, but yet whenever you go through and you look at the six A level, right? I mean, there was so much that happened Thursday, Friday, Saturday, really and truly. Whenever you go back and you look at all these games that went on, uh, there was so much that happened between all of them. And, you know, it started out Thursday night. I I got on the road uh, Thursday night, and we were going to go to uh, the Woodlands game, right? And so we took off to – I took – me and Toby and I took off to go there, and it was just like – Heck yeah, and it was raining its tail off when we left the house, and we were on the way there, and uh, it's still raining, and we we stop over in Conroe at, uh, I think we stopped at Buffalo Wild Wings. We stopped over there to get something to eat, and we don't get ordered and get ready to sit down, and tornado warnings, all of, everybody's phone in there goes off, tornado warnings and stuff, so anyway, ain't a whole 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 bunch you can go do so we slipped over we ate and uh went over there to wood forest stadium and uh sat in the parking lot and we were there about 10 or 15 minutes as we were getting there late trying to let the rain blow out and uh that game they caught some people were walking out it postponed to uh to sunday saturday, saturday. Right? yeah uh, it was a saturday one thirty kickoff uh Right. in that game and you know willis upsets and gets the gets the district championship out of district 13 6a well i think i ended up picking willis in my pickums this week i think i had that game it wasn't uh it wasn't the wild card game the wild card game was the atasca season north shore game and we'll get to that one in a minute but 
I think I yeah I picked Willis to win that game, not knowing much about those two teams. Everything that I know about them is from what uh, you and Toby have been able to tell me, especially about Willis's quarterback. Um, and yeah, that district championship decided in uh, you know last week's uh, game between them, and that uh, you know it, it didn't seem like it was a horrible game. No, uh, just judging by the score. No, it looked um, it looked which, like a bunch of back and forth. I was kind of scoreboard watching Saturday while we was here at the house, and uh, and 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 it was it was back and forth, and then and then Willis uh, pulls it out at the end, right? And uh, yeah, able to get that. Fifty two was the final. Yeah, heck of a game. High scoring affair. Yes. You talk about high scoring affairs, and I just mentioned it a while ago was the the North Shore Tascosita game. And while we're sitting in six A football, yeah, sixty-one thirty-five was a the final there when North Shore defeated the Tascosita, and uh, you know Toby really thought that this year, and I think that's probably why he's not here. Because <laughs> the Tascosita prediction, yeah, the Tascosita prediction on its own, I, I think that's the reason why Toby didn't show up because he knew dang well, good and well that. I took y'all's. I took that recommendation along with uh, my broadcast partner Alex Alperm. That's where he went to school. Was at Tascosita, right? Uh, at Humble ISD. So he was he was making the bold prediction early on in the in the football year that this was a Tascosita's year to beat North Shore. So I had that in the back of my mind when I was picking those uh, games as well. Um, and I was watching that game closely Friday night, and uh, it really was all North Shore. If if you if you go back and you were scoreboard watching that Friday night, right? No, it, it it was all North Shore, and I was keeping an eye on that score as as the night progressed, and I was in Cold Spring and uh, doing the Cold Spring Shepherd game, Battle of San Jacinto, and and uh, so I kept a close eye on that score as it was going. Another score that I really watched in a big rival game, Mid County Madness, Port Natchez Groves defeats Nederland forty one sixteen. And uh, that that's a game that you want to go to next year when it's at PNG. Right, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we know all about the PNG fans and how well they travel and how wild they get. Um, but that's got to be a fun game to be at, right? No, it has to be. Uh, my old broadcast partner went to that game a couple of years ago and, and absolutely uh, – he, he talked about it for a couple of years afterwards. And, and I think that was probably his first PNG game to go to. And he picked a good one to go to, uh, Mid County Madness. Uh, I had I've I've seen PNG play and and broadcast his, broadcasted numerous games back when Rashawn Johnson was playing for PNG, and uh, we know the story about him going on to Texas and playing football, so on and so forth. Uh, so I had the opportunity to uh, really watch four years of PNG and doing some Livingston Lion football um, through the years. So. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they they are a lot of fun to watch, and uh, I really enjoy it as we uh, doing those games. But uh, that was a big rival game that was going on. Um, another big game. We might as well just jump into it down at the three A level, District Nine three A Cold Spring. All they had to do was beat their cross county rival, and they was going to make their spot into the take their spot into the playoffs, and. Uh, Man, it was everything but the Cold Spring show at home as Shepard wins that one 40-14 and uh, just absolutely floors me, and I don't understand it. Well, I understand why it floors you, right, because you're a Cold Spring Trojan fan. That's who you broadcast. I mean, it's 
we're both kind of sitting in the same boat when it comes to, you know, kind of being flabbergasted. Y'all guys over there in Anahuac, y'all guys over there in Anahuac were just as depressed as what we were in Cold Spring in a game that y'all didn't even play. You're not kidding, and we'll we'll talk about that game in a minute. But I, you know, I flipped over, you know, Craig's, you know, he. If y'all haven't been over to his Five Nine N Sports Facebook page, uh, he does live stream those. The poor man way. You there? Are you there? Oh, we're back. I can edit that. Oh, I know you can. I'm. I don't even know what I, I was in the thought process. Okay, we'll go back to the part where I'm gonna. Anyway. If you haven't been to Craig's 590 Sports uh, Facebook page, he does live streaming games. And I went over there Friday night just because Panawag uh, had a buy. So, you know, I just didn't really know what to do with myself outside of just going on Facebook and, and watching your, your little live stream and listening to you over there. You and had the opportunity. You, you could have come and broadcasted that game with me. Yeah, I could have. and But it was nice to have the night off. You know, you're going to get to kind of uh, experience that this Friday. Guess right. what? I mean, and guess what? Come over to Tarkington Thursday. Guess where I'm going to be? I'll Friday? be at yeah. I'll be at a football game. That's right. You're going to go to uh, is it Jasper? Yeah, I'm going to go right. to Silsby watch Silsby Jasper game this weekend. Silsby Jasper, another big game coming up this yeah. week. So, but anyway, I mean, I, I was able to go and watch a little bit of that game, and when I finally flipped it over there for the first time, I was like, "Is that really the score?" I wasn't, you know, wasn't expecting that. No, and I think during one of the things is uh. The, the referees down on the field, we've been all over referees, right, this year, especially early on. I think it was around week two of district where we talked about referees and how, you know, sometimes you get a mixed crew and stuff. I think that's what y'all got a taste of this last Friday night. Man, I don't know if it was a, if it was a mixed crew or just really bad officiating, period. But it was probably the worst officiating crew. It was the worst officiating crew that I've seen all year. I mean, and Trent, you was watching it. I mean, you couldn't even make out what the penalties were. Just the way the head referee was signaling and, and or lack of signaling the penalties. I mean, there was times he would just point that the flag was against uh, the Trojans or the flags were against Shepard, and that was it. Yeah. And – you know, I hate to bash on them guys because, I mean, they're trying to do a job. And, and you know, Tasso struggling to get officials. But that crew Friday night was, like I say, probably the worst crew that I've ever had or ever seen on a on a football field um, signaling the game. I mean, calling some false starts that weren't false starts. And, and you know, I'm all about it. We we had a a young running back his first first day up for as a freshman or sophomore whatever grade he's in but first first weekend running the football at the varsity level and with that wing t or slot t look you know your your wing back that that goes into motion he he would pick up and then drop back down and then go and and it was a timing deal and he was messing up and and I can I can credit them but then there was times whenever he was doing it the right way and they were still throwing a flag so uh, I just and sometimes I think they just threw a flag just to throw a flag and and so they that was stacked against them but then on the turnaround of that they had Cold Spring had 45 yards and penalties on one play 
that, I mean, in the third quarter that ended up setting Shepard up to score a safety and two touchdowns within three minutes of each other. And that right there pretty much put the nail in the coffin for the Cold Spring Trojans. It sounds so familiar, though, the way that you're describing this, because it seems like I've called two games like that this year. One was in Orangefield. The other one was here. And it was just this past week uh, when we played Buna where they just couldn't seem to get on the same page. And like you said, you don't want to bash these guys that, that you know, Tasso's doing the, the absolute best they can with what they have. But at the same time, you know, we're getting into the, the – this is it. This is the last couple of weeks of high school football. District championships and playoff spots are on the line. And you've got to do at least a little bit better job of botting the football or at least – giving a signal up to the to the fans in the stands or in the box or whoever the case may be about what the penalty is for. Um, because like you just said, they, they would sometimes get a penalty and just point to the uh, one side or the other and not give an explanation of what the penalty was. Or there's the instances of, you know, not being on the same page on where to spot the ball. And that is crucial in these games that are so um, hype with emotion because both teams are looking to get, you know, get into the playoffs at this point well not only are they both trying to get into the playoffs but yet the emotion of it being a a rivalry game game and the magnitude what it is and 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 splendora or excuse me shepherd stretches you know uh they've won that game four out of the last five years yeah which that's a whole nother topic to talk about but coach robinson and staff not taking anything away from those guys you know, I talked to I talked to Miles uh, before the game, and he said, you know, he said these kids here, he said you don't have the the kids over in Shepherd. They're they're not kids that are bred to play football. They're, you know, they're country boys. They're out doing their own deal. They're not sitting around watching college football or, or the NFL on the weekends. They're off doing their own things, hog hunting, deer hunting, whatever it may be. And that's what yeah. they do. You know, he said, but they show up, they work out, they 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 listen to the coaches and, and, and do what we ask. And, and you and I talked about this and, and whistleblower and I kind of talked about it this afternoon on my ride home that, you know, it's so important with what Shepard has done and having a low turnover rate on coaches and, and hold, they hold the, their players accountable and the players hold the coaches accountable. And that's so important because once, once the coaches get those kids that have bought into that program and and respect them and, and will do what they ask, you know the, it's the sky's the limit, and you can win games off of discipline in that aspect, and be able to progress on it and and play on at the next level. You know, and 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 not only sure play, can. not just play on at the next level, but you win games that you're not supposed to win. And Miles said, he said, we're not supposed to win this game. You know, we're not supposed to be this game is not supposed to mean we're playing for a district title. He said, we're, he said, y'all said it best. You have your top four teams in the district, Cold Spring being one of those top four. Then you have your bottom two teams and Shepard. There's a thin line in there where Shepard's at. And I agree with him. Well, I've, I've said it since the beginning of the season when we started doing these podcasts, there is, Whenever you play Shepard, Cold Spring and Shepard get on the field at the same time together. 
you throw the records out, you throw who's winning district, who's who's number one, you throw that completely out the window because the those kids from Shepherd play at a different level. And and credit Coach Robinson for putting them to where they're at and playing at a different level. And and frankly, it goes back to I feel like it goes back to the coaching aspect of it as well. I mean, not only did we did they beat us, but I felt like that they outcoached them, not taking anything away from the Cold Spring coaches, and, and, and that they didn't give everything they have because I know dang good and well they did. But, you know, it comes down to Coach Robinson put together a game plan. We're going to double-team this guy. We're going to have this guard pull. We're going to pick up this block, and we're going to execute. And those kids executed. They knew what their job was, and they completed their assignment. And at the end of the day, it was a 40-14 to 14 football, a score on the on the score, People's State Bank scoreboard. And that was it. Shepard do their due diligence this week and beat Huntington. And, and, you know, they're going to the playoffs. Bottom line. And and that's that's the the likely scenario that's going to happen for Shepard. And and, and kudos to them for for being able to execute that game plan, like you said. And, like, you know, it's funny. This is another parallel that that you just described. Um, You know, when East Chambers and Anahuac play each other, it's that same type of rivalry. It's that same type of emotion when you go on the field. You can throw record books out. You can throw, um, you know, stats out the window. You can throw, you know, hey, who's supposed to win this game and who's not supposed to win this game. Both towns come in with so much emotion and everything is everybody's riding so high that that game is played on another level and that's the same way that Shepard and Cold Spring game was. 100% it is. And and like I say, it's I've been calling that game for a number of years, and, and it is. It's a diehard rival game, and uh, it's fun to watch. And, and I had my buddy Jason Harrison was in the box with me, and, and you got to hear some of the broadcast, and I, and I know the audio is really crappy on that Facebook live feed because it's just an iPad set up, and I'm scrolling it back and forth, and you're hearing our, you know, we're not going through headphones or anything like that on the Facebook live feed. But my point to it all is is – that was his first game to ever do in a broadcast booth on the radio. And he did a phenomenal job, in my opinion, uh, broadcasting that game with me. And and as diehard yeah. of what a Shepherd fan he is, the way he kept it very neutral with the way he broadcasted it, I was really impressed with that as well. And, um, you know, he's the house announcer for Shepherd as well. So uh, okay. getting getting him up in the booth and playing – and having fun with me, that that was that was worth everything, whether it was a loss or a win for the Cold Spring Trojans. Getting him up there and getting to do a uh, get to, getting to do a broadcast with him, it was a lot of fun and uh, gave him a different avenue and a different aspect of things that he hasn't done. Another game that we were watching uh, late after the Cold Spring game was over was the Tarkington Puna game, and it was a game that all of Anahuac was watching. As, I was I was watching it. Um, I mean, aside from going over and uh, you know watching some of your game, I eventually had to go back to the Buna Tarkington game because uh, for those that are listening, those that don't know, um, you know, I'm sure if you were listening the week prior, you know, Craig and Toby told you about you know Anahuac dropping uh, you know their district game to Buna, which put Buna in the driver's seat for that fourth playoff spot. And now Anahuac is on the outside looking in, hoping that Buna drops, was dropping one of their last two games, that one of those games being against Tarkington last week. 
and coming up against Harden this this week. Um, so yeah, all of Anahuac was kind of you know their eyes were on that football game. But what a barn burner they had in Buna. And I mean, it came down to the last. Uh, I think there was 1.6 seconds on the clock or something like that. Um, and you know the the Buna Cougars drove it. You know I think it was 56 yards. Yes. Uh, to get it down to the one or two yard line had a couple of attempts at the end zone weren't able to get it there was that one and a half minutes left or one and a half seconds left on the clock and there was a rollout bootleg to the right and he was able to hit uh one of his receivers there in the quarter of the end zone and it sucked because if you were watching the video they didn't catch the receiver catching the football so you're just kind of sitting there watching your screen like what just happened and then you see Buna's sideline just erupt you know and uh, you knew right then it was like, dang, they pulled it off. What a great win. And it was a great win for, for Buna. I mean, uh, <laughs> Parkington couldn't have played them any harder. They knew it was on the line. I think their playoff lives were on the line, too, because they had to win these last couple of games uh, against Buna and Anahuac this coming week to try and squeak in there. Well, that's not going to happen now. And uh, it's uh, all Buna right now to, you know. It's Buna's to lose. So, yeah, it is Buna's to lose. So they're they're going in and they're going to play Harden this week. Where Anahuac has to beat Charkington to stay alive, while Buna has to lose if Anahuac expects to get in. If Buna wins, they're into the playoffs into that four seat. It's going to be interesting and definitely worth watching this weekend as it's coming down to the wire. And and yes, we're talking about a four seed. But what really shakes things up is the one seed out of y'all's district, out of District 10-3A, is Orangefield losing to Kirbyville. That, that, that was one that I thought was going to happen, actually. Um, I felt like Kirbyville was going to go in there and beat them. And what my thought process of it was is that Anahuac was going to be in a different position and we were going to have a, you know, all-out tie in our district um, with, you know, well, that was before we played East Chambers, obviously. But I thought we were going to all have one loss coming into this. Right. And but as you can see, that didn't that didn't necessarily happen. But Curryville, East Chambers, and Orangefield all have one district loss. But with the head-to-heads and that Curryville win over Orangefield, they uh, locked in that first seat. Yes, they did. Locked in the one seat, and, and, and it's just crazy. It is, and they're going to be playing Shepard round one of the playoffs. Going to be a tight game, and I know Coach Robinson knows Coach Allen pretty well over there uh, at Kirbyville, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm really interested to see where that game's going to be played at. I'm going to guess it's probably going to be Woodville. Uh, I think Lufkin is what they said, is what I saw online. Lufkin will be a good spot, too. Uh, jumping up into 4A Division One, uh, Livingston gets their win, and we ain't give Livingston a whole bunch of love here on the podcast, so I uh, want to give them a little bit of love. But Livingston secures their playoff spot as they defeated Splendor this last week. 46-14 was a final. They're out of District 10. And then Lumberton locks in the one seed over there out of that district as they defeated Little Cypress Mauriceville 24-7. to What did we say a couple of weeks ago about Lumberton? And what? And if they were to beat LCM, that they were gonna they were gonna make it a deep another was, run. Yeah, I mean we we were talking about this team possibly coming out with the championship game or the championship in that district, and lo and behold, there they are actually 
there they are. Yes. So, so we're not completely full of it on, on this podcast. We know a little bit about football, even <laughs> though that we've completely flubbed up uh, districts nine and 10, three, a, and on the predictions that the, the I two, think that was just a, the two that we follow the most. We, we flubbed exactly. them solid. Uh, Huffman <laughs> Huffman got lost their opportunity to slide into the playoffs. as They had lost to Livingston and then suffered a loss to Vider uh, this week. So a, a, a win this week against Vider could have could have kept them in pretty tight. But uh, Vider wins that one 49-28 was the final over there. Hampshire Finette in 4A Division Two continued to roll 49-14 with a win over Liberty. And Sealsby defeated Bridge City 33-7. Jasper – Throw seventy up on Harden Jefferson out of uh, District Nine Four A Division Two, so um, kind of some runs. Yeah, that, well, I mean, with the 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 Jasper game coming up this week, Jasper Silsby, that that's one to go to. You pick the right one to go to, that's for sure on your on y'all's bye week. So, um, going to be a fun one. I'm I, I just yeah. the atmosphere that's going to be there is going to be interesting. One other big rival game before we take a break. Battle at 287, Corgan Cannon Bulldogs going on the road, go to Groveton, big rival game. Me and Toby talked about it a couple weeks ago uh, coming into this whenever you were at volleyball and kind of rekindle your love as uh, you got put in the doghouse the week before. But uh, Groveton with a big win over Corgan, 56-34 was the final there. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've texted it to you all earlier today and and Corgan – uh, is going to be moving up next year, it looks like, ju- but judging by their uh, numbers and, um, you know, just looking at the way that they've – hopefully they get things back on track. I don't know if going up is going to be that the key to that. Probably not. Well, Corgan's young this year, and we've talked are, about that. They, we have. We have talked about how young they are, and hopefully they can, you know, get a little – get things back on track over there in Corgan and – uh, but uh, no, I mean that's uh, that's a heartbreaker missing out on that one. No, it really is. And, and bringing up them numbers, that's a great segue to the next segment of the Five Ninety Sports Show here at Texas Podcast Media. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the snapshot that took place Friday and uh, talk about some of these schools and and, and what they're going to do and what the projections of going into the 2024 to 2026 realignment. You're listening to the 590 Sports Show on Texas Podcast Media. We'll be back right after this. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Welcome back to the 590 Sports Show. Craig Irwin with Trent Hart. Toby Tolis dipped out on us once again, but uh, it's Halloween night. We're a day late getting in here as uh, we were trying some new things out last night, when uh, Monday night, which is we normally get the podcast out on Monday night. But uh, run, a little, run a little bit late and uh, had some issues and decided to call it quits last night and regrouped, got in here after trick-or-treating, and uh, we're rolling now, but... 
you know, in that last segment, you was talking about Corgan moving up uh, 3A Division One as we went through the realignment, or as we started talking about the realignment. And one of the things you sent us, and I want to talk about this before we go into these numbers, is the UIL says that they're going to run with the same numbers that was in the 2022 to 2020, or excuse me, 2021 to 2023 alignment, right? Is what the UIL was saying. So with that being said, from 6A, it's 225, or excuse me, 2,025 students and above, right? 5A, 1,300 to 2,224. 4A, 445 to 1290, 3A, 250 to 544, 2A, 105 to 249, and 1A, 104.9 and below. Now, what that means is that's your total enrollment numbers in high school, right? That's not the total district. And they break it down even more so from there, right, if you're going to talk about football. So 1A, Division One is 59 and a half to 104.9. 1A Division 2 is 59.4 and below. 2A Division 1 is 164 and a half to 249 to 2A Division 2 105 to 164.4. 3A Division 1 is 360 to 544. 3A Division 2 is 250 to 359. 4A Division 1, 880 to 1290. 4A Division 2 is 445 to 879. 5A Division 1, 1925 to 2224. And then 5A Division 2, 1300 to 1942 is is where those numbers are, are uh, placed at, right? For football. For football, yes. Right. And so with that being said, the numbers that we're going to be giving y'all, and, and we'll start out, I'm, I'm going to just throw these numbers in at the 5A level, right, is I've, I've been told that, so the new high school that's over in Porter, or New Caney ISD, which is West Fork, the West Fork Gators, I believe is what their name is, they're going to go in as 5A Division One football. Porter right. Porter is 5A Division One. New Caney is dropping to 5A Division One, which is going to shake that whole district up, right? Drop, yeah, that'll change things significantly. Drops New Caney out of the 6A level, right? And it picks uh, – it puts those three schools in the same district. So then you have Kingwood Park that will fall in there. I don't know what Crosby's and Barber's Hill number is, but it really changes the dy- dynamics of that district as well as Huffman, right? Right. With, with Depending Absolutely on what does. their numbers are. From what I remember, Barber's Hill, I think, is staying the same for sure. Um that all of a sudden becomes a huge district. So they're going to have to figure something out with that. Well, so, you know, that 6A district that New Caney's in right now, that's Region 2, right? And then you got a 5A district over there that's Region 2 that's not part of Region 3. So with saying all of that, it's just Region 2 kind of creeping over in that area a little bit more uh, with picking up New Caney. Uh, in there, which Porter's already there, and, and West Fork's going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to see how they draw the lines right at the end of the day, 
really and yeah. truly, how are they going to draw the lines and, and how this is going to, uh, going to affect everything. Right. Um, what's really going to be some shuffling going on most, right? once they get everything, once they get everything, all the numbers in and once they start, and I think that drops in what, April? No, February. When they release that? February. February. Yeah. First week in February. I think it's February 10th is when that drops right around there. Okay. So See if I can bring up mine here because I, I made a, uh, I already had a word document for all of the districts in our area. And, uh, you know, I was going to bring up that district really quick, which, uh, like you said, has currently five, that district a five, a division one has three, six, nine teams in it. Yep. So that is a ton. I feel like that that if if the numbers and add New Caney into there, they're going to break that into two districts. They're going to have to. And, and, I mean, I and rightfully so, what you'll probably do, and, and just speculating, right, you'll take the teams that are on I-10 or close to. Right. And put them in one district, and then you'll have the three New Caney schools, Kingwood Park, and, you know, you could probably slide Crosby into there or yeah, the three Baytown schools maybe and make a district. And then you'll have Port Arthur Memorial PNG. You know what I'm saying? No, those division two though. Well, uh, I've got them. No, that's division one. Okay. So it's, it's the three Baytown schools, Crosby, Kingwood park, LaPorte, Barbers Hill, New Caney, uh, Porter, and then Port Arthur Memorial. Yeah. I just pulled it up. There's, there's, uh, there's some different ways to skin that cat. Laporte's kind of the one that's kind of off, you know, off the, the beaten path. As yeah. Far as, as far as the I-10 schools are concerned, but uh, no, they're going. I think they're going to. You're right. They're going to have to split that district up into two. And speaking of that district, what about the upset that Barbers Hill got this past week over Port Arthur Memorial? Oh my goodness! Yes. Expecting that one. Uh, I don't think anybody was expecting that one. And, and while we're here, we'll talk about that district. Is you got Laporte at seven and one, Barbers Hill six and one, Port Arthur Memorial six and one, New Caney five and two, right? And then Kingway Park four and three, Baytown Lee two and five, Baytown Sterling one and six, and the rest really don't matter. But Porter has Barbers Hill this week, so I'm going to say Porter's going to drop to five and three. Right, Kingwood Park has Port Arthur Memorial. Kingwood Park is going to drop to uh, four and four. Four and four. So I said it a couple of weeks ago about Porter locking their spot into the playoffs, and and it looks like that's where they're going to be. And it's in that four seat right. out of that district. And uh, the big the big thing is is you look at this. Barbers Hill and Port Arthur Memorial are both going to finish seven and one in district. And Barbers Hill is going to take the two seed, and Port Arthur Memorial is going to take the three seed. Yeah, and that's uh, that's definitely a tighter district than I think than we thought it was going to be. Whenever we were coming in uh, to the season, we pretty much I think everybody was thinking Port Arthur Memorial is just going to run away with it. And uh, man, I mean, what a shakeup that's been in that district. It really has been, and, and I didn't see Laporte, you know, going to finish. Eight and two on the season, seven and one overall, and they're they're going into the bye week this week, uh, out of that district. Whenever you look at it, so it's going to be interesting. But back to our numbers to to kind of stay on topic is we were talking about Tarkington turned in what, like five seventy, 
Um, no, Targeting been turned in 552, which puts them almost 10 students above the mark to stay in 3A Division One, which means that they're going to be moving up to 4A Division Two, which would probably put them into the same district as, um, you know, I guess it would have to be the Jasper district. Um, you know, Bridge City, Hampshire, Finette, Jasper, Liberty, Silsby, uh, Western Stark. Maybe not. They might... I don't know. That's it's going to be interesting to see where they land, um, because there's um, out of that District Nine, Four A, Division Two, all of those schools are within you know numbers, and they're going to stay put where they probably are. So here's my deal: is is a UIL state says that they're going to leave everything the same, right? The number right. wise, but I just don't see how they can leave them the same. They're, they're going to have to skew those numbers, I feel like, just a little bit to balance everything out. And, and the biggest thing that I look at as well is I wish I knew what Lufkin turned in on their snapshot. snapshot. But, you know, we, we talk about Lufkin and their four-hour drive every week going to Dallas to play football, you know. Or every other week they're driving that far. So, you know, you would think that they would kind of skew those numbers. You know, and Jason Harrison brought it up in the broadcast the other night. He said, you know, the UIL talks about they're about the kids and about the schools and this and that. But what what's good and what's safe about a, a high school football team, one, having to pull kids out of school so early to make such a drive to go to Dallas, right, to play football. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they're getting home at 3, 3 o'clock in the morning to the school and then still have to get home. Yeah, that's that's just – that's hard on the kids. And it's it's hard on parents, you know, and it's hard on coaches. I yep. mean, it's just a – it's a long haul, and it's uh, – you know, it's, they're going to have to – I know they're going to have to shape the district a little bit better than they did this previous go-round. Uh, to try to eliminate some of that. I know that they did the best that they could with what they had at the time, but they've definitely got to be looking at that, especially in Lufkin's situation, having to go up there like that. And it's uh, looking as far as a fair, you know, take at it, you know, that puts them at a disadvantage. No, it really does. So uh, I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. Uh, there was talk at one time I heard that Lufkin may drop. And talking about schools dropping is uh, what was Woodville's number again? Well, they 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 were close. Also, let me scroll up here to it. Um, Woodville turned in three sixty four, which put it uh, which put them four students above the cutoff, and before dropping, so they're going to stay put in three A Division one. Um, you know that. That was a surprising thing. There were rumors of them that they could drop. I mean, they were right there on the the edge of the cutoff line. So next year, you know, it you know they'll they'll be in the same boat. But uh, next realignment, it'll be interesting to see if if Woodville can hold on to a Division One uh, district. Uh, but moving up in y'all's district nine three A is Shepherd. They turned in six hundred and fifty three kids. Yeah, unbelievable the the yeah. the growth that they had from from last year to this year or last alignment to this alignment. The amount of growth that they've had and there's more coming uh, that way. I feel like uh, down the road, but uh, them jumping up and you know Coach Robinson dealt with that four A Division two uh, two alignments ago. 
and and actually lobbied to the UIL to try to jump bump to 4A Division One to to bring everything in closer and be in that district with Livingston for the simple fact of uh, the travel aspect of it, right? Because right. they were in that district with Center and Carthage and Jasper, and and it was just it was a bad district for for Shepherd through there, and you know. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, that right now, as you look at that, it, it puts them in that district with Jasper and Silsby and, and those guys there. But, you know, I told Coach Robinson that year, I'll never forget me and him were talking right afterwards. And uh, we talked about it. And I said, you know, I said, here's the deal. These kids are getting that, that I think everybody's missing, even though they're, they're just outmatched. They're one of the smallest schools in the state at the 4A Division II level. I said, they're going into a playoff atmosphere every week, you know, against state-ranked football teams. They're they're yeah. going in and playing against these guys. What it's teaching them, right, for the next realignment, whenever y'all do drop back down, I said, it, it's going it, to they've, – they've played games at – such magnitude that whenever you step back down to the 3A and you're in, you're in a district with Cold Spring and, and, and Woodville and stuff like that, that, you know, they've already played at a very high bar, the underclassmen have. So it's just going to kind of prep them, you know, a little bit more and the character that it's going to build with what they see and how to build a program. And not only is it going to help the kids, but yet it's going to help the coaches. And Coach Robinson doesn't have a high turnover rate of coaches over there in Shepherd, uh, actually a very low turnover rate. So with that being said, and I felt like I feel like that that's part of the the building process that that's went on over there in Shepherd, and what's helped make that football team be what it is. The coaching staffs be coaching staff being what they are as well as they you know go through there and, and had to deal with that, and here they are they're fixing to do it all over again. Yeah, and that's you know they they know what it's like to bump up and bump down. Um, you, you know, it's it's what's really interesting as you go through some of these districts and see some of these teams that are going to be moving up. Um, in the uh, 3A Division II level, Trinity turned in 366 kids. They're going to be moving up to 3A Division One, which will basically put them back or in. Could put them back yeah. in. The, yeah. So, uh, so you would think, depending on how, if Tarkington's leaving. Y'all's district, right? District right. ten. You'd almost think Woodville's going to end up back in that district, you know, because that's it's just quiet. where they were the alignment yeah. before. Right, and that it could happen that way, which would, man, that we we thought we had a, a tough district before, um, you know, putting Woodville in the mix there with with Orangefield and East Chambers again, and, and along with Kirbyville you know, now. Buna's, Buna's coming up, and then now Kirbyville playing the way that they are. Um, you know, maybe the, the District 10 3A is not uh, on the downward slope like we first thought coming into this season, especially going into next season. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you would think that maybe uh, Woodville shifts down, Tarkenton goes up to uh, that District 9 4A Division 2 uh, over there with Bridge City and Silsby and some of those others. And then, uh, you know, Corrigan Camden is going to slip into Trinity spot over there in Newton's district three, a district 12, three, a division two. Yes. Um, As they had an increase in numbers you you talked about there in last segment. Right. And that's, that's, that's what I see 
happening. Uh, you know, Corgan's going to go into that district. Trinity's going to go into y'all's. And yeah, Woodville could very well be taking Tarkington's spot in a 10-3A Division One. Most definitely. So it's going to be interesting to see how all this, how the UIL draws these lines. Is, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Toby and I talked a couple of weeks ago. We were talking, and I think we brought it up on a podcast, talking about, you know, strength of schedule and, and picking up games and so on and so forth. And, and the talk was on the numbers originally was Woodville dropping down, right? To right. three, possibly dropping down to three division two, but but as we know what the numbers are and it where the lines are said to be, um, already wrote in stone with the, with the enrollment numbers, you would think that Woodville will go back to district ten. So if that was to happen, you know, I was telling Toby Friday night. I said, you know, or Saturday morning when we were talking, I said, you know, I said we talked about the two games that we would like to drop cold spring wood as him and I looking at it, right. You would want to drop that Liberty game and want to drop that Splendor game. Who are you going to replace it with? And we, and we threw a bunch of different options that we thought about, right. Not, not even thinking about the realignment and the numbers going the way they are, but here we go. Shepard going six or excuse me, four a Woodville could possibly go down there to district 10 there's those two empty spots on your schedule. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As, as yeah, and you got to fill those. I mean, you y'all are going to probably play Shepard in the preseason, right? I mean, that's no, most definitely most that game. That, that's most definitely going to happen. So, yep, that's going to happen. It's it, it's going to be a September football game, not a late October game. And right. uh, you know, then then you uh, you want to put that Woodville game on your schedule. Even if they're in yeah. the by district, you still want it. You want that game on your schedule. It, it's a good game. It's it, it, the talent wise is really good, and uh, that's a game you want on on, on the schedule. So, uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see. Obviously, I'm waiting on February to hurry up and get here. That way, we can kind of see how how that's going to play out, and right. uh, and see where these new these new districts are going to be and 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 who we're excuse me who we're going to have you know um i don't know what elkhart's number was i'd heard that they had an increase in enrollment which is i mean i don't know where they're going to move anybody out there in the country of elkhart but i mean that was a fun district going whenever we were in elkhart and um with westwood elkhart trinity cold spring you know and and you know, I read where New Waverly, hang on, I got the number right here. 330 is what New Waverly yes, turned in. Yes, 330 is what they turned in. That's right. So uh, another team that that really jumped is Splendora, jumping to four. They're going looks like they're going to jump 5A Division two. 1461 was their number total enrollment. When you got to think that the, the cutoff there was uh, 1,299. Yes. So Splendora, I mean, that they're they're you know a good uh, 162 kids over the numbers. So they're they're no there's no doubt about it. They are jumping up whether the the UIL fudges the 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 bracket a little bit or not. Right. Uh, so yeah, they're going to be moving up to 5A Division Two, which you, you talk about 5A Division Two, and you're talking about Dayton, Fort Bend, uh, Marshall. Uh, Willow Ridge, Galena Park, Fort Majus, that's that's the district that they might be looking in going into, um, which that is a huge district too. You've got uh, eight teams, uh, make that nine teams in that district. 
No, I agree with you. So, and I feel like that some of those, I mean, because that's not leaving any, that's not leaving any pre-district for those teams, right? No, it's not. I mean, because uh, you, you're you playing a full schedule from start to finish. And then but look at it, what it does to uh, District 10 for a Division One. If Splendora leaves out of there, that only leaves uh, five teams remaining in District 10. So, and and that's my deal is, is you just don't know where they're going to draw that line. And it's like no, that. No, you don't. That 4A Division One level, you know, it, it just <sighs> – that's been such a small. I mean, you have your Lumberton, your little Cypress, and 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 uh, and and a Vider that's going to be there. Right. Livingston, I I didn't, I've never seen, I haven't seen what Livingston turned in yet. Uh, if they're going to go down and or maybe go up, um, I'll I'll find out tomorrow as we'll be at Bullet Grill House uh, tomorrow night doing a pregame show for the Livingston Lions. Yeah. And uh, we'll be talking some playoff football implications and stuff and uh, what Livingston, you know. The good thing is Livingston's going to finish in the four seed and they will not have to face Tyler Chapel Hill in the first round of the playoffs. They'll have to face Kilgore is Interesting. last I looked. So first time in well, a long time. That, we've been saying that all season. That, that, that four seed, no doubt, is going to play Tyler Chapel Hill. But yeah. Another another surprise there. Yeah, Kilgore beat them two weeks ago, last week or the week before, uh, week before last. So uh, that makes that a little bit interesting. But we're going to take one more break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about playoffs and uh, who's who's in and who's not there in the third round of the Texas uh, Five Nine Nine Sports Show here on Texas Podcast Media. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Welcome back to the 590 Sports Show on Texas Podcast Media. I'd like to thank our sponsors first and foremost for uh, footing the bill here on this 590 Sports Show, Randy's Rubs and bullfrog environmental both those guys uh great and loyal and uh, if you haven't checked out randy's rubs go to randyrubs.com it don't suck y'all i promise you uh so uh i need to go get me some randy's rubs as much as i've been hearing about it over the last few weeks uh i was thinking about that the other day i need to go on amazon and uh pick me up some randy's rubs because i like to barbecue just like any other guy does and uh interest i'm i'm very wanting to you know try that out and, and maybe cook a brisket or two with it dude I, i'm it doesn't matter if you're going to cook brisket if you're going to do some chicken they have a seasoning for everything fish it doesn't matter get the net it, uh, this is it 13 uh and they have a new one out there it's more of like a seasoning salt for your fries and all that good stuff but you just go buy the full pack of all of it right and then be able to use it i know how you like to barbecue you like to cook some briskets and all that good stuff. And uh, oh, yeah. sp- speaking of, so I got to tell this story. So Case, you know, he's going to the rodeos. I ain't even told you this off the air. 
So Case has been doing the mutton bust, and he's hitting the rodeo trail and everything, and uh, and I enjoy it. And, and for the people who don't know, is I, I got a long background in rodeoing. Uh, rode bulls up until my mid-20s. I rope calves and steers and the whole nine yards. So anyway, the only thing that you can really do besides stick horse racing and goat ribbon pulling and lead line barrels, and I think that's embarrassing for a boy to do. That's just my own opinion. But uh, I was never a barrel racer, never wanted to be a barrel racer. But <clears throat> so he's been mutton busting. He's he's a roughie, right? So he he talks a big game. He loves eight seconds. He quotes the movie. All of that good stuff. And and uh, we've been carrying him for since September, carrying him to some rodeos. And the first one, he was fired up, jumped on, ready to go, high-fiving. He was stoked. Well, after that, when it come time to get on, he was a little nervous, getting a little whiny, you know, this and well, that. Yeah. And, and, you know, typical three-year-old. He's three, right? So, mm-hmm. anyway, last week we carried him I, I had a thought in my mind and uh so last week we carried him to crockett to a rodeo etyra rodeo great youth rodeo association if you got kids at rodeo and y'all haven't checked them out it's a monthly series and the next one's november 12th and that's where we'll be but saying all that he he was fired up we got there he's fired up he's in the zone he woke up he picked out his shirt he's quoting lane eight seconds while he's getting dressed saying lane sit down eat your (laughs) breakfast you know so anyway we get there and i'd already talked to rachel about i said you know i said we ought to get a couple sheep for him to practice on at the house and she was like oh yeah you know we kind of hauled around about it anyway long story short so we get up there to crockett and he's all amped up and uh we go to put him on and or get ready to get on and he's getting his helmet on and he's got a chaps and his vest on he's all geared up right and he's like he starts locking up a little bit so i give him no no this is bull crap you ain't going you don't need your mama you ain't ready to go home well, you got a sheep to get on i'm like we're, we've done got this far you're getting on right mm-hmm. so I put him on and I'm and I feel his hands as I got him laid down there and I and I feel his hands. He's got a deep halt on this sheep, right? And he he says, "Let's go, boys!" And they open the gate and he falls down. He falls off, and uh, he comes to me and I wasn't gonna pick him up off the ground. I was like, "No, you're gonna get up." And he's like, "No, hold me. I need to do my wave." So I picked him up and he started waving at the crowd, right? <laughs> like like he's yeah. Lane Frost. So with all that being said, I talked to that guy that owned all them sheep. I said, man, you got any coals you're fixing to get rid of? He said, yeah, I got three. And I said, well, I want them. He, I said, how much? And we talked about it. So anyway, I'm going to pick up some sheep this weekend. But saying all of that to say this, in the backyard, I built a sheep pen big enough for him to ride in. Mm-hmm. A little miniature rodeo arena just for case to practice his mutton busted on. So saying all of that, you get you some of that Randy's rubs. I got the pit set up right there close to it. I don't have no pellet grill, okay? I'm just going to throw that out there. We cook with real wood around here. So uh, you get us some of that Randy. You get you some of that Randy's rubs, and with what I have here at the house, we'll we'll throw a brisket on, and we'll have a mutton bust in here at the house, and let you cook on a real pit. That sounds like a deal. I, I, I haven't I haven't stick cooked in uh, a few years. I went to the Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> and I haven't went back. So that's the day uh, he turned in sounds, his man card. 
<laughs> I don't even know why I'm admitting that on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, hey, I can cook just as good a brisket on on that pit as I can this one, so it doesn't really matter either way. Well, we're, um, we're but, gonna uh, we're gonna test you out. We're gonna test you out. That's for sure. So I welcome the challenge. Let's talk about let's talk about districts real quick. We've talked about the six A level. Let's drop five A. We talked about five A Division One. We talked about that Porter District, right? So let's jump wow. into. Uh, let's talk about Dayton's district, right, and how that District Five, District Nine, Five A Division Two, P and G in the driver's seat, six and zero. Yeah. Texas City, five and one, four bit Marshall, four and two in the three spot. Nederland, in the is in the four spot, four and two as well. So uh, with that game, that districts wrapped up. I yes. mean, Dayton is two and four in district and. Fort Bend Willow Ridge is one and five. Yeah, there's no way that they can get in there. Yeah, no possible uh, scenario there that uh, the Dayton Broncos can slip in. So it's just going to be a matter of, uh, you know, where Fort Bend Marshall and Nederland end up in the three and four seed. Um, Judging by the the matchups. Opponents and the matchups that are coming up. uh, Nederland's going to end up in that four seed. They they should. Right. And – so, I mean, that's uh, pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. You know, never, and anything that happens and, and anything that last week ta- taught us was, especially with that Barbers Hill Fort Arthur game, anything can happen in Texas high school football. Oh, um, most but, definitely. Uh, well, and you go back the week before and you talk about, uh, you talk about the uh, Franklin and, and uh, right. Lorena game, right? Lorena anything game can happen. And, uh, hey, DeSoto yeah, beat uh, Duncanville this last week. And there's another one, and we didn't even talk about that. Did, I mean, how yeah. big, how huge was that game? Huge. And, and you're, me and Toby both said it. Nobody's going to beat Duncanville. He, they're going to go through and win a state title again, right, undefeated. Well, we were all saying it. Yeah. Everybody, I think pretty much in the, everyone in the state was saying it. Um, and then uh, DeSoto coming in there and said, nah, not nah, today. Not today. Yeah, that's exactly right. So jumping down 4A Division One, Lumberton, as we talked about in the driver's seat out of that district, four and zero, they have Livingston this week. That game is in Lumberton. Uh, I tried to; get, they tried to bribe me to go to Lumberton and do that game Friday night. Really? Yep. And I politely uh, declined. Little Cypress playing Huffman. Uh, Little Cypress is three and one. Livingston, Lumberton. We talked about that. Viter has Splendora. Huffman in Little Cypress. So that there's that district, right? As right. uh, it's a five-team district, so wait, two, four, six-team district. So this district is pretty much wrapped up. Livingston and Vider have the same record, but Vider beat Livingston head-to-head. So Vider's going to slip into that three seed unless, for right. some reason, Livingston can upset Lumberton this week. I don't see it happening, but stranger things have happened, right? The way the way that Lumberton has been on the roll since starting uh, – their district play i don't see that happening um but i mean livingston could try to you know they're going to want to win just like anybody else does and but i do see Vider going in as the three livingston going in as the four and of course uh then you got uh lumberton and uh little cypress up there in one and two so um that district is is pretty much set in stone as well yeah and and i think as you go through and you look at most of these they they are set in stone uh, dropping into nine four A Division two, Hampshire Finette 
Silsby's in the driver's seat, five and zero. Hampshire Fournette right behind them, five and one. Then you have Jasper, four and one. Uh, Westernwood Stark two and three, which who would ever thought Westernwood Stark would be slipping in the playoffs with a two and three record at, at this point? They'll they'll finish three and three as they have Harden Jefferson this week. But uh, the big game out of that district, uh, not for the one seed, but Jasper and Silsby. That game is in Silsby and going to be it's, it's a two seed. Yeah, it's it's. It's a two-seed t- – well, it's not really a two-seed game because Hampshire Finettes, their only losses to Silsby, right, out of district. Right, that's right. So, but, uh, and, and then, of course, they beat Jasper, and uh, and they're head-to-head. So, yeah, you're right. Silsby is pretty much locked in as a two there, I think. Uh, Worst-case right? scenario would to be a two-seed, but they got the Hampshire Finette win head-to-head. So, right, right. So, I think well, it would – I'm looking at – I'm looking at the the standings on the uh, Dave Campbell's here, and they've got they got them. Well, yeah, it's kind of they got it mixed match because Hampshire yeah, Fournette's going into the bye week. Yes, that's right. So I wasn't even paying attention to that, but yes, the the Silsby's going to be that number one spot. But uh, it could it could uh, you know it's still going to be a heck of a game. You look at those district matchups throughout the season uh, between you know. Hampshire has Silsby, Jasper, and even West Orange Stark, right? Those were all really good games all season long. No, they were. And it was a fun district to watch. And, and whenever you put those top four teams, whenever they were playing each other the same weekend, it, it just made it even bigger, much like District 10-3A. You know, in the last couple of weeks, you, you had the big game, Orangeville, Kirbyville, this last week. And, I mean, mm-hmm. Kirbyville wasn't even a team we were talking about really making the playoffs, possibly slipping in the playoffs, but uh, that outside shot at the four seed. And, and, and now we're talking about Buna, uh, um, that we were talking about winning the district is slipping in, in the four seed. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was, uh, you know, it it really bothers me that I don't know my own district well enough to to pick that better. Um, but, uh, you, you, you know, talking about the Anaheim Panthers and the, the high expectations coming into this year, um, you know, we, we know the story about the, you know, the tragic accident that they had with these kids and, and, and the two that lost their lives and the one that was uh, badly hurt, um, you know, and as, as, uh, you know, bad as that was, we said it could go one of two ways. The team could use it as motivation or they can use it will be a distraction. And I think it's been a little bit of both for the Anaheim Panthers, especially coming in the first couple of games, they used it as motivation. They were playing really well through the preseason. They started off the, the district pretty good, played Orangefield fairly tight despite some of the, the mess-ups there, and then came out and beat a Kirbyville team that was playing really good football who ended up winning this district. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it just depends on how you deal with a situation like that. Well, and but, it's not uh, just the kids, they, but – but sure. You, the, the coaches, coaches and, as well, and, right? Yeah, and and those around you, and uh, you know, like I said, I mean, as as, as much as uh, you know, you wanted it to go the the route of using it as motivation, which I think that they have been able to at times. It also has you know come back, and it's you know it's a uh, something that you're not ever going to forget, and especially these kids aren't ever going to forget is what happened this year. Uh, but it has affected the football. And now the NY Panthers are on the outside looking in and hoping that Buna drops uh, to Harden this week. 
Harden uh, hasn't won a district game yet. Um, Arkington is sitting in one and four. They're not uh, in the playoff picture at all. Right. So now it just comes to the four seed between, uh, you know, Bunich controlling their destiny and Nanowak taking care of Tarkington this week. As far as the top three seeds in that district are concerned, uh, we talked about it early, earlier, Burryville coming out, winning the first seed. Yep. Uh, East Chambers plays Orangefield this week. They'll be playing for the two and three seed. That's going to be a, 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 a good game to be able to watch this week as well. No, you're exactly right. That that game's going to be really key to to really key on key in on, especially whenever you look over into District Nine Three A, and and the top team out of that district is Die Ball, right? Uh, out right. of District Nine Three A, they're they're perfect. They've locked in uh, the di- locked in the district title. They could lose this week to Crockett, and it would really wouldn't matter. Is uh, no. is they're going to get the win? They're going to win the district. Westwood's in the two seed, four and one, and uh, Woodville's right behind them. Now the big game out of that district is for the two three wow. seed between Woodville and Palestine Westwood. A huge game, and I've got that in the in the Anaheim Sports Live Pickums this week, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, that's a you know that's a game that I'm going to be watching uh, pretty closely too Friday night. Um, you know, I think it's it's hard to predict the Woodville Eagles at this point. I've, I've been real high on them all year, um, you know, and they've played some really, really good teams really, really close. So um, I, I would want to give the edge to the Woodville Eagles, but you've seen both of these teams. What are you, where are you at with them? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you as physical as what I've seen what Woodville is in the trenches, I, I, I got to kind of lead to Woodville. But on the other side to that, I've seen what Palestine Westwood has done this year. I know what that freshman quarterback looks like. I know what kind of an arm he has and how, what his legs are like. Uh, you know, this one here, I'm probably just going to have to throw a question mark up against it. I mean, if I was going to pick – where's this game at? Hang on. This will tell me everything. At Palestine. At Palestine, I'm going to go with Westwood. Okay. Just because it's a home game, that is the sole reason. I think I think overall these teams match up pretty evenly. I think I, I know how physical Woodville was in the trenches. I, I I mean, when all else fails, you go with home field advantage, right? And, and that's where yeah. I, that's where I'm at with this. As even as even as they are, and I think uh, Dave Campbell's got them at minus two. Uh, you know, against Palestine and. Uh, you know that's that's as close as you can get as far as a prediction is concerned. So, uh, yeah, I mean you got to go with home field advantage there. I'm still gonna, I think I'm still gonna edge out to uh, Woodville going on the road over there, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be definitely one that uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on whenever I'm down at Sealsby Friday night. No, actually, I think that game is a Thursday night game. Eleven two. Yes. That is yep, a Thursday is. night game. There's a lot of Thursday night games this week. There really is. Kind of shocked me, but uh, I'm I'm good with it. Uh, and then down there at the bottom, Shepard has to be, defeat Huntington, right? And uh, they defeat Huntington. E- even if it, they lose, they're in, right? Last year, Cold Spring had this scenario because they had beat Dyball that Shepard had to lose to Huntington in order for Cold Spring to get in the playoffs. But for the second year in a row now, the Cold Spring Trojans – uh, not going to get to playoff, get into the playoffs, and uh, going to be interesting to see how things shake out there in that yeah. aspect of things and, and uh, 
with the Cold Spring Trojans and, and what transpires, you know, with those guys and uh, the program as well out of District 9-3A. And I'm trying to – I'm very slow on pulling up 3A Division Two. Here we go. 12-3A Division Two. the Newton Eagles in the driver's seat, 5-0. and Anderson Shiro. No surprise there. No, no surprise whatsoever. Anderson Shiro in the two-seed, two 4-1. They have Trinity this week. New Waverly has Newton this week. Hemp Hill is on a bye week. They're at 3-3. Three and three. Um, Kuntz, Warren, and Trinity – uh, round out that district. So whenever you look at the top four, uh, this this district is pretty much locked in, right? It's locked. It, it is. New- it is locked because no matter what happens, uh, of course Newton's going to finish in that, and you know Anderson Chiro playing Trinity, they're going to go four. Or they're going to go five and one, um, and then New Waverly is probably going to drop to Newton, so they're going to be four and two. Kemp Hills idle, so they're done. They're at three and three. That that one two three four spot is pretty much pretty much wrapped up so next week whenever we come on we'll be able to sit back and really talk about what's going on in the playoff picture who's playing who where uh we'll have all that locked down and be able to bring that to you here on the 590 sports show uh dropping down to 12 2a division one centerville groveton corgan jewett leon normandy and West Harden. So uh, this district, uh, big game last week, battle of 287 between Groveton and Corgan. First time Groveton's won that in some time. But uh, Centerville in the driver's seat, 4-0. They have Corgan this week. Groveton, 3-1. They have West Harden. Uh, I, I think Corgan's going to drop this one, and they're going to drop to 2-3. and three. Jewett Leon right. has Normandy, which – They uh, should win that game, but Normandy could – go in there and possibly upset them, which would kind of mess things up and put uh, Jude Leon at two and three, which would put them still in a tie with Corgan. What was their... Jude Leon beat Corgan. So it was a 27-22 football game. So Corgan could possibly, with an upset from Normandy over Jude Leon, Corgan could drop to the four seed, if not even drop out with the two and three. Three now they they'll stay in the four seed so they're going to slip into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but it's just they a matter will. if they're going to go three or four seed, uh, in what that Normandy Jewett Leon game is. But I think Jewett will go ahead and uh, and defeat Normandy this week and and uh, lock in the three spot and uh, Corgan will drop to the four spot overall. As you look at that district there in twelve. Right. Uh, 12-2A Division One. Last district uh, I want to talk about is team that's dropped. Uh, well, if I can type. You want to Love Ladies District? Yeah, you want to jump over there into 2A Division Two. Love Ladies District. Big game this week. Uh, district title matchup. Love Lady and Deweyville going to square it off. That game is at Love Lady. And uh, on Friday night, it's almost worth going to. But for the district championship, Love Lady should win that game and move to five and zero. Deweyville dropped to four, uh, four and one. Evadale going to slip into the possibly slip into the playoffs in the three spot, and then Holday Zeta is in the four. Uh, Holday Zeta and Evadale play each other, so they're battling right. for for the three four seed. Right, out right. of that district. So, going to make it pretty daggum interesting out of 12-2A Division II. Uh, 
but as we had talked about, you know, most of these district has kind of shaped up and, and rounded their self up with, uh, you know, getting the soap opera drama out of the way. Well, I like how some of these, you know, these scenarios coming to a head at the end of the season, right? You know, you've got matchups right here in the very last week that are going to determine playoff placements. And, uh, you know, that's just something that uh, you can always get, uh, you know, excited about here toward the end as we look into uh, my district round coming up here soon. And, um, you know, some choices to make, uh, well, especially on my end. Uh, when it comes to playoffs, if uh, if Anahuac, uh you know, if the cards were get in, right, uh, you know, uh, I may go and follow Newton through the playoffs, uh, Anahuac Sports Live, or we might go and uh, we were talking about maybe going and following Barbers Hill and broadcasting Barbers Hill through the five A playoffs to see how that goes. But uh, um, I'm sure that you're going to be going to quite a few games as well. Well, I'm going to hit I'm, – I'm sure I'll pick Livingston up, you know, the first week of the playoffs and, and probably right. maybe Corgan as well into the playoffs as uh, my schedule got free after last Friday night uh, throughout the playoffs. But but besides that, even without – even if I don't go broadcast any, I'm there's still a lot of games that I will go to. And uh, it's one of them deals as we sit down and we, we do our podcast and we think about all this stuff – I'll figure out, you know, what games do I want to go to and and uh, not only what games do I want, who do I want to go see. So I kind of have that freedom uh, to be able to kind of go and, and, and see whatever games I want. And I'll take the little guy with me and, and, and we'll go watch some uh, playoff football. Definitely hit some Saturday games um, as we get progress on through the playoffs and uh, give mom a little a little break here at the house and, uh, you know, be yep. able to kind of go and do my own me and him go do our thing and and i know toby and in case and cameron they're going to want to load up and go to some games as well so it's going to be a lot of fun as uh as we watch through all of this stuff and, and see how it shapes out and and what these matchups really are and you know we talked about the westwood and uh woodville game for a two three seed type situation and how big that game is, but you know, that East chambers in Orangefield for a two, three seed, you know, yeah. what, I, what I like about that is the two normally play, the two will play the three uh, seed in this by district matchup. So not saying that it would happen, but what makes this a lot more fun in, in these two districts that we follow so closely is, you know, it's not like Westwood could say, Hey, we're playing Woodville. And as good as what East Chambers and Orangefield both are as well, they can't say, you know what, we're going to match up better with East Chambers. We're going to play some of our underclassmen and get them some reps. And if we take a loss, it really doesn't <laughs> matter because we, we're still going to make the playoffs, right? Right. They, they can't do that because they don't know who they're going to match up with. The only two people, only person that knows who they're going to play in the first round of the playoffs out of these two districts is Shepard and Kirbyville. Yeah, that's it. And you can't – you can't play these games like that and you, you know you just said it as best you can sometimes you want to play those underclassmen and um you're gonna have to play this game as if it was any other week yeah for the uh, district title you know what i mean because yeah, you don't know who much. you're gonna play you don't know if you have uh, orangefield or east chambers you know uh actually hang on wait a minute let's they both look. play thursday night they okay never mind so they both play thursday <laughs> so it doesn't matter yeah yep 
you know, uh, the the biggest question, you know, really and truly is out of District 10 3A is Anawak's got to show up to Tarkenton and they got to do their due diligence to win a football game. And, yeah, they do. And, and judging by the way the Tarkington and Longhorns played Vienna last week, your your guess is good as good as mine at this point. No, I agree with you. It's going to be and it, with it being a home game for Tarkington, that just adds that much more of a leverage over to their side, in my opinion. Sure. So uh, just it, it's more to look out for and really builds the hype to that game. And I, I know whistleblowers excited about it uh, this week. You know, coming up Thursday night, uh, I'm excited oh, about it. Is. I have a meeting I have to be at at 6, and as soon as that meeting's over, I'm shooting down there to the prairie to go watch that football game. So well, we'll, uh, be, we'll be over there on the visitor's side uh, bleachers trying to do a uh, live stream broadcast. So well, you know, I'm, sure you, know I'm, you know I'm going to come interrupt you, right? Oh, there's no doubt. So No doubt at all. And rumor is Thursday I will probably have some swag with me. Ah. So, uh, looking forward some, to that. Some shirts going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got some shirts coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get them and get them up on the Facebook side. I'm going to sell some and then, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be such a demand for them that I got to order more and I'll be okay yeah. with that. I, I will be well, okay and you, with that. You might have to, when you come in, uh, interrupt us with the swag and, uh, you might as well just go ahead and bring a headset and plug it in, uh, you know. Well, you know, what the heck, right? I, I I may be able to do that. We'll do a three-way broadcast in there. But I do have a ballpark meeting that I have to be at at 6. And then as soon as that's over, we're going to slip out and uh, go get get started on uh, – get our way – get make our way down there to the prairie. It's about a 35-minute drive from the house down there to Tarkington. So I'm hoping the ballpark meeting gets through pretty quick because it's hard to believe that we're already talking about doing sign-ups. And all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So uh got a lot of stuff going on in my plate is is uh, I laugh and, and I tell I say I laugh, I tell people I tell them there's two there's two seasons. It's football season and baseball season. That's it. Yeah. And uh that's all I have and you know, when softball and baseball end in July for me, I get a week or two off and then football starts all over again. And uh, football ends in the end of December, but it overlaps the softball side, baseball and softball. You know, it overlaps, starts in November or so, and then rolls until, like I say, July. So uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, though. It keeps me honest. But uh, this is probably going to be my last year as the league president here in Cold Spring. And, uh, Dang, announcing it publicly. Well, kind of. So I don't know how many of them guys listen, but uh, – I feel like it's time for the next regime to uh, step up and take on and and and, uh, and uh, put their dreams and their focuses in line for uh, what they want to see happen for the kids here in Cold Spring at uh, Cold Springs Youth Sports Association. So yeah. a lot of stuff going on. So good show. Glad we finally got this thing wrapped up and yeah. uh, got it all put together and um, had a lot of good content. Looking forward to next week talking about playoff scenarios and our playoff brackets. Yes. So I've already Finally, printed. So I've, I've already printed mine off. I haven't even put mine together. So normally well, by now I've done that, but I haven't. Well, you can go ahead and print them off and then start, or, or save them to your computer so you can start getting them uploaded. But uh, that's going to yeah. be a wrap for us this week, Trent. And uh, we're going to get ready. It's uh, Tuesday night. I'll be at Bullet Grail House Wednesday night doing the uh, Bullet Grail House High School Sports Pregame Show. 
and uh, get that taken care of. And then get ready for Thursday and Friday of Texas high school football here in southeast Texas. And I appreciate you uh, us working together, getting this audio situation figured out, and uh, get it up and rolling. And uh, I guess that's going to be a wrap for us, bud. All right, man. See you next week. Yes, sir. And we will see you at the game. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com.